allow the Word of God to be stripped of its authority in the lives of God's people. We must preach and proclaim the truth in the face of religious tradition and set captives free. This is God's mandate upon the life of the believer and the church. We must go on the offensive against the enemy's attack. We must refuse to be a soft target. Amen. Far too long we have been too mindful of the things of this world and thereby open the door to the enemy. Jesus said this to Peter in Matthew 16, 23. It's there, your outline. Jesus turned around and said to Peter, Jesus is saying, I'm going to go to the, into Jerusalem. I'm going to be delivered in the hands of sinner. He's fulfilling the eternal purpose of God in the redemption of man. He came to become sin for us, not to just deal with our sin. He came to be sin for us, to take all of sin for all of humanity that was hereditarily passed down to all of humanity through Adam to take that sin, to take sin itself upon himself, not the surface symptoms of our actions. We repent of the surface symptoms, but we never understand, I have a nature that has to be regenerated and renewed. Jesus came in such a way that he could take sin as a whole for all of humanity and allow regeneration to come to them and they could be set free. Amen. He said to Peter, get away from me. Peter says, not so, Lord, I'm not going to let that happen. He said, get away from me, Satan. You are an obstacle in my way. How many of you would still go to church if I told you to get behind me, Satan? You're just missing it. You're out of order. And, and the pastor tells you, you're being influenced by the devil. You need to repent. Well, there's just no love in that church. Amen. See, that's what we want. See, we, we, we don't want to hear truth. We, we, we want to hear the soft thing that lays, lets us remain a soft target and a prey for the enemy. Amen. Listen to what he said. Look at what he said. Get away from me, Satan. You are an obstacle in my way. Because these thoughts of yours don't come from God, but from your human nature. There's another place where Peter said, who do men say, Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? And G Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not what? Revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So Peter knew how to receive. He had received revelation of who Christ was. But we always want God to do things our way. We don't want anything to come around that, that changes our perception of how this thing ought to go. And Peter didn't like what he was hearing Jesus say. So he stood up to resist what the Lord was saying. Are you doing all right? The, con the, the contemporary English Bible says it like this. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stone that could make me stumble. And the devil comes always to make us stumble. Because these thoughts, excuse me, for you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thought. And the New King James says, he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. You see, we too often forget that we have an enemy who looks for every advantage he can find to work his plan of destruction in our life. Last week I told you you were, you were created for the presence of God. The devil is out to separate you from the presence of God for all of eternity. There's one thing he wants concerning your life. You removed from God's presence for all of eternity. He wants you in hell with him. 
Everything he does is for that purpose. He knows that you were created as an object of God's love. God created man for the purpose. We talked about it Thursday night in our life group. In Genesis 1, God said, let us go down and make man in our image. Why did God create humanity? Why did he create man and woman? Because God created us to be the object of his love. Because love can only be expressed through giving. And God wanted someone that he could give his love to. So he created you as the object object of his love and his joy is when you are in his presence and we are in that 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 place of reciprocity with God where we're giving and receiving we're expressing our love and he's expressing his love to us and we're expressing our love to him and that's the joyous state that's what heaven will be when we're in the presence of God, we're worshiping God and he's pouring his spirit out and we're just there in that glorious place as the object of his love. And the devil says, I will do everything I can to keep even every, each and every one of you. That's why the Bible says, take heed ye who think, let the person who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. The admonition is, don't let your life slip to become a soft target. Amen. Sometimes I preach like that. People say, well, pastor, I'm saved. There's nothing I could do. I could never be taken out of his hand. Nobody can take you out of his hand. But, Bubba, you can walk away. Amen. Paul said it like this. He said, we talked about it in the men's ministry on Monday night. Paul said it like this. That we, he said, you run the race to win. Paul says, I bring my body into subjection daily. I buffet myself and treat myself hard. Lest after preaching Christ to others, I myself become a castaway. Amen. The word disqualified. Are you doing all right? I live by that as a pastor. That, that I, I can't just look at what, what I do for God and these other things and use that as a stamp of approval upon my own life. I, as ministers, ministers are anointed and gifts are anointed to see truth and teach truth. But we're not anointed to live truth. You live it like every other believer. You have to put shoe leather to what you preach about. Could you say amen? And so, but, but the enemy is out to remove every person he can from the presence of God. And I know that people say, once you're saved, you're always saved. That, I just keep moving on this morning. Very, very destructive doctrine, but people believe it anyway. Amen. So watch this. We have to be understand that Jesus gave us power and authority over the devil and why the scriptures warn and exhort us to resist him. They warn us so we won't become a soft target. First Peter said, the adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he may devour. Let me just say this. If you believe in once saved, always saved, then that scripture has no meaning to you. Because every, every letter... And everything in this book is written to believers, not to unbelievers. Every epistle, every letter was written to churches, to believers, not to unbelievers. So every admonishment and every encouragement to be on guard, to protect yourself, not to go back, not to be a dog who returns to his vomit. All of that is written to believers, not to unbelievers. So when people say, well, they were never stay. Come on, we just need some help and some understanding. Amen? So you can argue with me after church. I'll meet you at the bicycle rack and we can duke it out. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So watch it. So the adversary, the devil, goes about seeking whom he may devour. James chapter 4, resist the devil. 
Come on, if he's no threat to me, if he can do me no harm, why do I have to resist him? Ephesians 4, 27 says, give no place to him. Amen. 1 Timothy 3, 7 and 2 Timothy 2, 6 said, Paul admonishes Timothy to be aware of the snare of the devil. And then Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen. So he has power, he has authority, but we have been given more power. See, we are to be agents of deliverance to those whom Satan is bound, which is part of the fighting of the good fight of faith. Our fight must go beyond just our own personal lives. One of the greatest things that has made Christians a soft target is living my own personal life. I live my life, I'm a Christian, I do good, I'm a good guy, I. I is your major pronoun. But when you get saved, you're no longer an I. You're a part of one person. You're baptized into the body. The I life goes away. The I life is what destroys our marriages. Well, I never get to do what I like to do. You shouldn't have got married. If you want to have an I life, you don't join your life with somebody else. See, we want the benefits without the union. We want the benefits and the promise and the provision and the protection without the commitment. We want to shack up and have all the benefits without the commitment. Amen. Don't shout me down. I'm a very unpopular preacher, but that's the way I've always been. Amen. So watch. Tim Delina said it like this. I love it. He says, Jesus touches us not just to be healed, but to be used as well. We don't just need people going to healing services, but people being healed and getting into service for Him. Amen. Look at the next page of your outline. How does this work? We need to understand we have a covenant promise with God. Once you're born again, you're brought into a covenant relationship with the Lord. Amen. Covenant relationship, you're in a blood covenant with God. Last Sunday we had communion. When we have communion together, we remember the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a sacrificial commitment it is a covenant with God Jesus made covenant on our behalf with the father through his body and the shedding of his blood and when we accept him we enter into the covenant that the son made with the father on our behalf you are in a covenant with God your new testament the word testament means a covenant you are in a new covenant with God are you doing all right this morning so you're in that new covenant with God. If you don't understand your provision as a new covenant in that covenant and your rights in that covenant, then the enemy will literally kick your butt. Amen. He will literally exercise his authority over you because you don't know how to exercise your authority over him. Amen. And the only way to do that, you have, we have been made the laziest generation on the face of the earth. Amen. And, and your culture around you is lazy. We want the least, do the least amount of work at the least amount of hours for the most amount of pay. Amen. 
People don't want to, they say work smarter, not harder. People don't even want to work smarter today, let alone harder. Amen? And so people, we demand, I get this. Let, let me just help you out this. I, I'll, I'll never forget it. Mike Murdoch said it years ago, and it's still so true. I believe Jim Rohn taught about it also. But it is this. You're not supposed to get paid for the hours you spend on the job. Your pay scale isn't based upon the amount of time you put in. It's based on the amount of value you bring into that time. If you want a higher pay scale, increase the value that you bring into your time. Increase your value. What are you able to do? What can you produce? Value determines scale. Amen? So we've gone down to the lowest of, and so Jim Rohn said it best, minimum wage was never meant to be a bed. It was meant to be the first step on the rat ladder that you climb. Are you doing all right? But see, we're taught today, I deserve, everybody deserved, everybody deserved a living way. No, you don't, nobody deserves, America wasn't founded so people could come here and deserve stuff. America was founded because people could come here and work and build and dream and create an opportunity for themselves. Not have something be handed to you on a platter. Not to reach into somebody else's pocket who has taken, worked hard, and built their dream and done that and has resources so that you can take from them and make it to your. It's not an equal scale. If people have more than you, they probably worked harder than you. Amen. How in the world? I said that because you live in a soft society. It's made you, and when, and when you get indoctrinated by culture, you bring that into your walk with God. And there's nothing easy about the walk of God. When the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith, you're not going to get victory without fighting. You have to give yourself. You have to be diligent. You have to press in. Are you doing all right? So think about it. So here's what happens. We have a covenant promise with God. As God's covenant people, we've been given everything that is needed to live godly lives. The problem is we're not exercised. Instead of knowing what we have, we're praying to receive something else. Peter says it like this, 2 Peter 1.3. As his divine power has given what? Has given to us all things that pertain to life and to Godness through what? Through the knowledge of him... Through the knowledge of him, how am I going to have knowledge of him? i got to be a student of the word. God said, here, I'll show myself to you in my word. If you'll get in my word, you will know me. Are you doing okay? Now what? Through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. Remember this, when Jesus healed people, it was because of their covenant right. Like Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus cried out. He knew he had a covenant with God. He knew he was a son of Abraham. And when he heard about Jesus, the Bible says when he heard that it was Jesus. And, and, and I have a message that I preach on, on what you say is what you get. And sometimes blind people hear more than people with sight see. Bartimaeus had a better vision of Jesus than people who saw Jesus. Bartimaeus, by what he heard about Jesus, knew that if everything they're saying about him 
is true, then he is the son of David. And if he is the son of David, then according to God's word, he is my covenant redeemer. And if he is my covenant redeemer, I do not have to be blind anymore. I do not have to accept the current condition that I am in. I was born blind, but this is not what God's covenant is for me. In covenant, I am the healed of the Lord. God said he is my healer, and he would send the redeemer. So Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible said that Jesus stopped. You need to learn the cry that stops God. But you can't make the cry if you don't know the covenant and you don't believe in the covenant. So what we do, we come away with, Lord, if it be your will. Jesus didn't say, Bartimaeus didn't cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, if it be your will. He just cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped and said, bring him to me. And then Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus just flat out said, I want to see. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What if your prayer life turned around from a cry in a wimpy position to a declaration of your covenant right with God and saying, I'm the healed of the Lord. God, I want to see and I believe it is mine now. Glory to God. Changes everything. Luke chapter 13, verse 16, Jesus said about the woman... Listen to what it said. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound in a church that's become a soft target, these 18 years, shouldn't she be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? The Good News translation says it like this. Now here is this descendant of Abraham who Satan has kept in bonds for 18 years, should she not be released on the Sabbath? That woman didn't even ask for prayer. Jesus, just de- Jesus was declaring her covenant right. He was reestablishing people's faith in the covenant and the surety of God's word. We have Christians today who don't really believe that the whole of God's Word is true. That I can stand on it. I can declare it. I can proclaim it. Because other foolish believers, well, you're just being proud. You're being, no, I'm a covenant believer. Go hide behind your rock in fear. The whole nation of Israel sat there trembling in fear before an uncircumcised Philistine, a giant, and and a, a pagan worshiper who had no covenant with God, and they were trembling in fear. And David shows up, and he looks at a whole army and a king and the leadership hiding in fear with all of their excuses why why they have to be in this position of oppression. And David just says, "Who is?" This uncircumcised, when he said uncircumcised, he said, who is this man that has no covenant with God to defy the armies of who? Of God. Who is he to defy the armies of God? 
And then when everybody, oh, wow, you, you better be careful that they'll hear you talking like that. David said, I don't care who hears me talking like that. So then they brought him into Saul. And David goes, I'll go out and whoop him absolutely. Because what? Watch. David was able to meet him because in David's eyes, he was already dead. You have to understand, you have to get the vision, the devil is already defeated. Jesus said he is under your feet. When you allowed him to get up from out from under, you have bought into the lie, you've become a soft target, you've invited him in and given him authority that does not belong to him. Fire missiles on my land, I'll knock you out. That's what I love about it. Watch it. See, you have to learn to fight like Israel. We will respond with unprecedented force. We will respond to this attack with unprecedented force. We will not fight politely. You cannot fight politely with the devil who wants to drag you to hell with him for all of eternity. Are you doing okay? Or a devil who wants you to accept bondages and sicknesses in your life for 18 years. Or to believe that healing is no longer for today. Or all these other things. I, I'm, God bless everybody. Everybody has nice, nice heart and they're sweet people and all that stuff. But nice, sweet people give too much ground to the devil that does not belong to him. That Jesus died on the cross to redeem and put back into the hands of God's creation. Amen. Too often we wait for a problem to arise before we call upon the name of the Lord. Before we begin to confess and declare our provision and protection by virtue of our covenant right with God through Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, what would happen if we chose to live a proactive to live and be proactive in declaring our covenant inheritance through Christ? We have every right to place a demand on the provision of the covenant out of a life of obedience and repentance, believing to see the performance of God's word in his covenant for us. You have a promise of salvation, healing, deliverance, prosperity, protection, safety, satisfaction, life, joy, strength, wisdom, and direction. That's a provision of the covenant for your life. That's what you're grafted into. You've been made a joint heir with the Lord. Everything that was in the covenant with Abraham, Romans 4 says you are now grafted into that covenant. But Romans 11 says you are grafted into the root. And everything that's promised to Israel is now promised to you. And it's made even more sure because it's no longer just in the blood of animals. It's now in the blood of God's only son. Amen. Next Sunday, I'll preach a nice message. <laughs> Colossians 3, 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So look at what Jesus said about the woman. Ought not this woman who is the seed of Abraham, ought not this woman who is the seed of Abraham be loosed? So if you're born again, you are now the seed of Abraham. 
So the same provision that flowed to her is available to you. Amen. That's why David said, look what David said. He said to Goliath when he goes out to me. And see, this is what happened. When you start living by faith, start declaring by faith, people will be just like Saul. They'll come to you and try to put their armor on you. And you can't war in another man's armor. And you can't war by another person's faith. My job as your pastor to help you stir up your faith, to get you hungry to have your own faith. You can't win by my faith. I can pray for you. I can exercise my faith for you. I can have a faith for a friend. I can carry you and get you a miracle or something. But you don't live by miracles. You live by the word of God. See, the wilderness, let me just throw this in here. The wilderness was a place where you needed a miracle. But the nation of Israel was never supposed to live in the wilderness where they needed a miracle every day. They were supposed to enter into the promised land where they have provision every day. How do I know when I'm a soft target? When I'm always searching for a miracle and I think I'm in a wilderness. You've bought into a lie. You're not in a wilderness. You've been brought out and brought into Colossians chapter 1. You've been transferred out from under the kingdom of darkness and you've been brought into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You're no longer under that rule. You're no longer under that authority. Those who the Son has set free are free indeed. So why would I go back and yield myself to a spiritual bondage, let alone a fleshly bondage? Why would I go back and give into a spiritual bondage when I've been released from that? Glory to God. There's more in here than I had in my notes. It's pretty good. There's nothing wrong or prideful in proclaiming your rights as an heir of the promise. David wasn't being prideful in declaring Goliath's defeat. And sometimes you need to stand. See, if you're going to be a man or a woman of God and stand and determine to no longer be a soft target, you're going to find out sometimes you're going to be the only one that shows up for the battle. The Old Testament law, when it came to doing battle, was this. Whenever you go out to battle, you can read it in Deuteronomy, whenever you go out to battle before your enemy, the first thing you do is call the priest. The priest would come and he would say this. How many remember what God did with Gideon? He took 30,000, brought it down to 300, right? The priest would do essentially the same thing. He would come. Is there anybody who has just got married? Go home and be with your wife. Is there anybody who has just planted a vineyard? Go home and take care of your crops. Is there anybody who has just built a house? Go home and take care of that. And then get down. Is there anybody afraid? So if the priest would have come out to the battle where David was, he still would have been the only guy. Because everybody was afraid. They may not have got everybody by three, but if you read the account, they were all hiding in fear. So they'd go, I'm out. So David knew, this is what David knew. I am the army, watch, I am, I am the army of the Lord. I'm not me going out against the devil. That's why David said, you come against me with a sword and a spear. I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord. What David said, who is this? Who is he who is defying the army of God? So David went out as the whole army. 
And the devil said, am I a dog that you come out against me with just a sling? And David said, well, I don't need a sword. You're holding the one I'm going to use to cut your head off with. The devil was carrying his own weapon of his own defeat. I went to the enemy's camp, took back what he stole from me. Amen? Glory to God. Are you getting this this morning? We become convinced and declare by faith that salvation, healing, we must become convinced. And declare by faith that salvation, healing, provision, and deliverance is our covenant right. Faith is believing. It is acting, declaring, and calling upon God's covenant provision in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says this. We as workers together with Him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For He says in an acceptable time... I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Somebody say now. The writer to the Hebrews said, now faith is. Now, today. God only exists in the now. There, there may be a record of the past, but God is a now God. Everything in Him. When you get into eternity with God, you just live in now with Him. There, eternity means there is no future and there is no end. It's just a always now. Just all, Are you doing okay? Just always. So I have to learn to be in this now, right now with God. Now is my, when is it coming? Now. Now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I live in it now. It is mine. I possess it now. It isn't mine when it shows up. It's mine when I receive it by faith and declare it's mine. And I hold on to it as real in my spirit as it is when it shows up in the natural. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So watch this. We remove ourselves from being a soft target by daily exercising our defenses and actively declaring our covenant rights and provision. The enemy looks for isolated and weak and non-fortified believers. That's what he looks for. The word salvation, when it says today's the day of salvation, it means this. The spiritual and eternal deliverance. Granted immediately by God to those who accept his conditions of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in whom alone it is to be attained. And upon confession of him as Lord for the purpose, for this purpose the gospel is the saving instrument. Inclusively, listen to this, to sum up all the blessing bestowed by God on men in Christ through the Holy Spirit. When you say, I'm saved, that's what you're declaring. I am a recipient of all the blessing that have been bestowed by God through Christ upon humanity through the Holy Spirit. I'm not waiting for it to come. I am a recipient of it now. Now is the day of salvation. Glory to God. Are you doing okay? Hallelujah. Now, let me just say this. I 
I can't say I love doctors. I like doctors. I don't love them. I like them. I use medicine. I don't like to rely on medicine. So you get to choose. See, in modern science, every, if you watch TV at all, every day there's a new prescription for a new drug. And people are looking for this and taking this and taking that, taking this and taking that. Amen. I hate medication. Amen. I do. I, I'm serious. I'm serious. So, so uh, just believe God. Believe God. Believe God. I am the, listen what God, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. When God said to Israel, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Well, Pastor, I've been believing, but I haven't received that. See, you just canceled yourself out. What do you say? You say, I am the healed of. Well, people, you don't look like it. I didn't ask for your opinion. See, you become a soft target when people move you off of your faith. The devil goes, all I got to do is send somebody along to challenge them and contradict them, and they'll give up. I am the healed of the Lord. When anything comes against you, you've heard me say it before, the enemy brings something against you, your first response should be this. It shall pass. This too shall pass. I'm, everything you've been through to get to here came to pass. You're still here. You've heard me say, I've had bubonic plague. I've had hepatitis C. I've been in 14 automobile accidents. I'm still here. Went through a windshield, had my head all cut open, over 200 stitches in my head. Didn't affect me at all. I'm still here. It all came to pass. Young people, young couples, listen to me. Get a hold of this now. Don't become an, uh, an old young person. Don't let old people in. Well, you get it. Yeah, they're just excited because they're young in the Lord. They'll learn. Run from those people. Run. Just say, come here, let me cast that devil out of you. And, and they'll leave you alone. Amen. I doing all right? So look at this. What hinders us? See, you think you have to be perfect to be used by God. You have to be living a complete victory in your life before you can preach, teach, and share the truth of God's Word with someone else? Absolutely not. You'll never be completely perfect. You're in the process of becoming. Amen? Can you pray for others to be healed and not be in perfect health yourself? Yes. Because God is working in and through our lives has very little to do with us. He qualifies us. We don't qualify God and His Word. How do I become a soft target? When I make myself the qualifier for what God can do. Are you doing all right? God says, all I need you to be. See, that, that, oh man. You're just, look at. Okay, let me go over here. I'm going to show you how much power I have. What am I doing? I'm turning a switch off and on. 
all the switch is doing is releasing the power that is flowing through it. The, the power is there. The switch is letting the power flow. Does the switch qualify the power? No, the switch is just the vehicle that the power throws through. You don't qualify the power of God. You just get to the place, Father, I know what I am. I'm working on this. I'm praying in my relationship with Him. I'm asking God to work on me. I'm in agreement. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to bring about the fruit of the Spirit in my life. But in the process, I want to be a switch because I know I'm connected to some power. And if I can just believe that God wants that power to flow through me, I can see Him work to my life. Even while he's working in my life, he will still work through my life. But the devil will say, oh, you, you, you got a problem in your life. The best word you can learn spiritually is shut up when you're talking to the devil. It's a Greek word. I, I haven't found it yet, but I know it's a Greek word in there somewhere. It's a lot, there's a lot of it in Proverbs. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So watch this. Do you have to be saved to be healed? No. Jesus told his disciples to go and heal the sick and then tell them the kingdom have come. And everybody look up here just for a minute. There's this area that we have to believe that we're sent to do, not just to pray. The Bible tells us that the prayer of faith will save the sick says, lay hands on, anoint them with oil and pray. We've given up declaring healing to only praying for healing. When Jesus sent out disciples, he did not tell them to go pray for anybody. He told them to go and do. He said, go. Freely you have received, freely give. Not freely pray. He said, freely give. Go, lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils. Raise the dead. He didn't say pray for the dead to be raised. He didn't say pray that demons would leave. He didn't say pray about anything. He said go and do. Something happens when I become a believer. You need to quit saying I'm a Christian and you need to start saying I'm a believer. Believers were first called Christians in Antioch in Acts chapter 11 because people saw them doing Jesus stuff. And so they were declared to be Christ-like ones. So let's go back to being believers. Amen? I put it on the end of your outline for today. This should be your view of coming to church. The definition of a non-soft target church. Today I choose to accept the invitation of the Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ to gather together in His name. To not just attend a church service, but we will assemble together, but we'll assemble together with other believers of like precious faith and collectively build and frame together a habitation for God by His Spirit. I believe that as we gather, He will fulfill His word and keep His promise. 
to be in our midst, that he will come and manifest himself to us, that what has been accepted as the norm will be shattered by the reality of what is true and real, that every yoke of sin and bondage will be broken by the anointing, every sickness and disease will be removed by the healing virtue that flows from him to those who are afflicted, that every person who has been bound by the devil for years will be set free because the power of the Lord will be present to heal, that the word of God will be preached with power and authority, exposing every lie of the enemy, breaking every stronghold, that we will cast off the restraints of all unbelief and release the anointing to do great and mighty things. Today will not merely be a gathering, but an encounter with the living God. What if every time we gathered, what if you held on to that and you made that a decoration before you came into this house? Because people come into church without an expectation. They come in hoping something's going to happen. We aren't even aware of what we've been invited into. Stand to your feet with me this morning. You've been invited into the presence of God. Come on, the enemy. The Bible says when the disciples came and said, and this is an area I hope, well, I don't care if I offend you this morning. Because you have to repent of unbelief. You have to repent of unbelief. Anytime I question, anytime I doubt, it is a spirit of unbelief that comes to challenge the word of God. So I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. And begin right there. It begins with the unbelief. I don't need a savior. If you're here today and you don't think you need to be saved, I'm telling you you need to repent. Through repentance and confession of the Lord Jesus Christ, every benefit of salvation is immediately given to you. You can't deliver yourself. You can't make yourself high. You can't fix yourself. You need a Savior. That's why Jesus took the very nature that is in you. He took the sin nature. He didn't take your addiction. He didn't just take your symptoms. He didn't take all these other bondages that you've been in. He took the very nature that is called the root cause of all of those symptoms, and he rips that nature out of you, and he puts a regenerated nature, his very own nature on the inside of you, you need to be born again. But if you've been saved and you've allowed circumstances and situations in your life, whether it's sickness and disease, failure, or, or, or any area to cause you to doubt the Word of God and just to live by if it be your will, then you need to repent of unbelief today. You need to just write where you're at. I'm not praying that prayer for you. I'm not leading you in that prayer. You need to ask God to forgive you. Father, forgive me. Lord, I cast off unbelief. Just tell Him in your own words today. Any area where you've doubted that He can, put it down in Jesus' name. The man that brought his son to Jesus, Jesus said, do you believe this is possible? Do you believe I can do this? And He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus set Him free. So, Just ask for his help. Lay that thing down. Lord, I believe. I'm just going to believe. I'm going to stand on your word. Amen. The worship team, come back quietly where you're at. Quietly move back. You can sing that song, I Will Make Room For You.
tear down the walls of all my tradition. Break up the ground of all my religion. Your way is what? Better. Better. If you're here today, and the enemy in any way has held you bound over any area, I don't care what it is, presence of God is here to heal to deliver and to set free and I'm going to lay hands on you and the power of God is going to hit you and God's going to set you free salvation will come salvation is not just being saved it's not just the initial salvation blind, Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus your faith has saved you to the woman with the issue of blood he said your faith has saved you and made you whole. If you're here today and you need to be made whole in your physical body or in your spiritual life, move to this altar right now. I'm not going to plead. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to spend time. If you want to be set free, move right now.